Join Bishop Tony Asuabeni on Joy City Radio Podcast every Tuesday at 12.30 p.m. Nigerian Time, 6.30 a.m. United States Eastern Time, and 1.30 p.m. South African Time at www.toniasuabeni.com. Subscribe to and listen on iTunes, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Deezer, Google, and Blueberry Podcast. Invite your family and friends as you get in tune with God's Now Word. God bless you. I want to welcome you to series number two, Open Heavens, and series number one. Uh, we introduced, you know, what open heavens are, you know. Uh, and open heavens are definitional of God's work. You know, God's work down God's way never lacks God's supply. Open heavens suggest that we should do the work of God in the nature and likeness of God. If God is spirit, and that's one of the most important things that Jesus Christ, you know, told his disciples and the rest of us. He said, God, or the, or the Samaritan woman, you know, in John chapter 4, and he said, God is spirit. Who is God? God is spirit, okay? God is the father of spirits. He is spirit. The nature of God, uh, God's somebodiness, God's personhood is spirit. God is spirit. God doesn't have a spirit. God is spirit himself. All other spirits derive, you know, from him. And I'm talking about good spirits, not, not evil spirits. But God is spirit. And that's the principle of the work of God. Who God is determines how we do the work of God. And so open heavens are very suggestive. They implicate the fact that God's work must be done, you know, through the influence of heaven, you know, coming here on the face of the earth. God's work must be done, you know, uh, through uh, the supernatural impact of, um, of the heavenly, you know, that is of the spiritual realm, you know, over the earthly, physical, natural realm. Open heavens are uh, the delineation, the description of how God wants us to do the work. We can't do the work of God here on the face of the earth if the heavens are closed. The heavens have got to be open in order for us, you know, to, uh, uh, to, to have any chance of succeeding here, uh, you know, in this work that God has given us to do. And something that I need to point out as we uh, get into the heart, you know, of this message, of these teachings is this work that we call ministry, it's not our work. It is God's work. If you get employed, you know, by an, employ by an employer, uh, they give you a letter of employment. And in that letter, they will describe your JD, your job description. You know, the owner of the work will describe how they want you to do their work because their goal is for profit maximization. They want to maximize profit. They want, you know, they want to, they want to increase uh, their fortunes, you know, as an organization. So you are committed to the strategy of being involved in that overall holistic process of bettering the fortunes of your employer. And of course, at the end of, you know, here in America, you know, at the end of um, uh, two weeks, they pay weekly or they pay monthly. Uh, those who are paid hourly to get their salaries in two weeks, uh, those who get salary, uh, they get paid, you know, once every month. And so that's your remuneration. They're saying that, look, for what you, for what you do for us, 
this is what you're worth, and so you're paid. And and in, it's in that same sense, the Bible says, in every labor there is profit. Muzzle not the mouth of the ox that trades the corn, uh, because uh, the ox, you know, works, and it's supposed to be paid, you know, through the uh, by eating the corn. And uh, the Bible says in Hebrews uh, chapter 11 and from verse 6, but without faith it is impossible to please God. But they that come to God must believe that he is God and he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So God rewards, but your reward is really tied. And we say your blessing, uh, another word for reward is blessing. Uh, your blessing, your breakthrough is tied to you. Um, doing God's work in order to please God. And that's what it's all about. No worker ever pleases themselves. No worker gets into an employer's uh, organization with his own agenda. And you profit yourself. Instead of profiting your employer, you profit yourself. And what we ha what we see today in what we call ministry, you know, is really uh, uh, what I'm talking about. You know, a lot of people are in ministry for themselves. There, there's so many personal agendas in ministry. And in this day and time, especially as this is uh, the, 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 the second decade of the 21st century, uh, there is a revival of what we call ministry. Uh, God is renewing his work in the midst of the years uh, in lieu of the, of the prayer of the prophet Habakkuk. Revive your work, O Lord, in the midst of the years, you know, make known. There is a revival. There is a restoration of true godly biblical ministry that for God's glory. Okay, ministry for God's glory. Ministry not as an end in itself. Ministry not, uh, you know, as God benefiting you. You know, God is like a Santa Claus that meets all your needs. No, ministry is, you know, was not created by God to meet your need. Ministry was created by God to meet God's need. And so that's what this series is really all about. And I'm still laying a foundation, you know, even in this second, uh, second, uh, second recording of, of this um, series. It is important, you know, for us to note, therefore, that when we talk about open heavens, we are saying that that is the qualification for doing the work of God here on the face of the earth. If you look at Jesus Christ, you know, the Bible tells us that Jesus Christ had to obey, had to fulfill, had to qualify. Even though he was the son of God, he still had to submit to the father's agenda, to the father's requirements, to the father's qualifications. Jesus, the son of the living God, and that's one thing uh, about sonship. Son, sonship is, you know, is very definitional. A son always uh, runs the errands, you know, of the father. A son runs errands for the father because the son is possessed with the spirit of the father. A son cannot draw any attention to himself. A son lives for the father's glory. The Bible says that Jesus Christ, you know, was the brightness of God's glory and the express image of God's person. Jesus Christ was like the shadow, if you will, you know, of God on the face of the earth here. When he came down, he said, thy kingdom come. He said, repent for the kingdom.
kingdom of God is here. So Jesus was an embodiment of the kingdom of God. And as the Bible tells us in Colossians chapters 1 and 2, that Jesus Christ is the fullness of the Godhead. He is the image of the invisible God. And I'm saying all of these to paint the picture, you know, the portrait of the man and the woman that will do the work of God. You've got to do the work of God in the nature, in the likeness of God. You've got to do the work of God in the image of God. You've got to do the work of God in the fullness of God. And these are, uh, you know, the characteristics, the elements, the features, you know, of what we call ministry. And so this series is going to teach us one of the takeaways that you would get from these series is really to come to terms with the definition, the description, and the dramatization of the work of God as primarily benefiting God before benefiting you. And, uh, uh, and, and as we go along, the Lord is going to unpack these truths, you know, to us. Glory be to God. Glory, glory, glory be to God. So um, we're talking about open heavens. Now, what is an open heaven? Um, in, in the context of scriptures. Now, an open heaven is where there is a nearness of heaven to earth. An open heaven is where there is a nearness. There's a proximity. Uh, the heavens and the earth, they have become one. The heavens and the earth, they have collaborated or they're collaborating. The heavens and the earth, they are connected so there's no disconnect between what is going on here on earth with what is going on in heaven. Again, the principle is found in Jesus' teaching, lecture on prayer. When you pray, you say, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. So the doing of the will of God as it is in heaven here on earth is what open heavens, you know, is really all about. So open heavens really indicate or implicate the nearness of heaven to the earth. You cannot do the work of God until you bring all the blessings of heaven to the earth, until you bring all the presence and the power of God here on the face of the earth. It was Moses that said to the Lord, you know, uh, the Exodus, he said, God, in Exodus chapter 33, he said, if your presence does not go with us, don't take us. In other words, Moses was saying, God, if you are not involved in this, if this work is not for your glory, if this work is not done, you know, uh, uh, in, in the context of your power, with your power, I can't, I don't want to touch it with a long pole. And I think today we have a body of ministers, you know, who do the work of God their own way, in their own strength. And, and that's why we get, we, we see so very few biblical results. Uh, no wonder, you know, why we don't see the demonstration of God's power anymore. We have lost the power element characteristic of the gospel when paul went to rome he said he, he told romans the gospel is the power of god unto salvation to everyone who believes the gospel is the dramatization of the power of god when it was when, when paul was teaching paul the apostle was teaching the disciples uh, uh you know at ephesus how to pray 
it began to say, you know, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. And here it is in verse 19. What is the exceeding greatness of your power to us what we believe? And the power which he wrought when he raised up Jesus Christ from the dead. And I'm saying this, that the same power that raised up Jesus Christ from the dead is the same power that is available to the worker of God. However, the, the worker here on earth, while he or she does the work of God here on earth, they must be close to heaven or heaven must be close to them. And there is a sense in which heaven comes down to the minister before the minister goes to heaven. There is an experiential knowledge of heaven and the glories of heaven in the work, in the course, in the process of of, 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 of delivering God's message in the, in the process of doing the work of God, there is a sense in which this becomes really the center, uh, the, the, the core of what we call ministry, that heaven must be present in your ministry. And it's, by the way, repetition for emphasis. It's not your ministry. It is, it is God's work. And you are, you are an extension. You are an expression of heaven in earthly things. You're bringing heaven's influence to bear, you know, on earth's problems. So heaven is the answer to every problem that the earth is going to have. Heaven is the solution to problems in the earthly realm. Heaven is the answer to every question that earth has to ask. So it is important for us to grasp this, that hope in heavens are suggestive of the nearness. In other words, the nearness of God to the minister. Uh, in the Old Testament, two prophets... And of course, father and son, you know, in, in, in ministry, in the prophetic ministry, in the person of Elijah and Elisha, Elijah would always preface everything he does with these words, with his phraseology. The Lord God before whom I stand, there will not be rain for three and a half years. Now, he wouldn't go ahead to say there will not be rain. That would be very ordinary. But he would always preface whatever he wants to do a prophetic action that he wants to take must always be prefaced with the foundation of his standing before God, the Lord before whom I stand. And so you have a prophet operating the ministry before the Lord. And every ministry, every minister must have a standing before God. It is your standing before God that empowers your ministry. It is the nearness of heaven to the earth of your ministry that empowers your ministry. And there is a sense, repetition for emphasis, of presence. If there is no presence, there is no power. There is a sense of clarity of thought. There is a sense of heart. And there is a sense of mind. 
the, the spiritual mindedness that is unusual, that causes uncommon, unusual things to happen, that causes the supernatural to take over the natural. Bishop Tony Asuabeni is available for ministry anywhere in the world. Visit www.toniasuabeni.com and fill out the invitation form for ministry scheduling. If you have been inspired and blessed by the teaching and preaching ministry of Bishop Tony Asuabeni, order his messages and books on Amazon.com or directly from his bookstore at toniasuabeni.com. Also, you can follow him on all major social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and subscribe to his YouTube channel, Joy City. For more information and updates about ministry and messages, visit www.toniasuabeni.com. God bless you abundantly. Tony Asuabeni World Outreach. Making a difference in our world. Making our world different.